0: You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. (laughs) There
1: it
2: is.
0: All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, unfortunately, we are still in Zoom mode here at the Brown Trout and Bridge Beer Studio. Um, pandemic. Pandemic season is upon us, but you know what season it is? It is fall time fishing season. So yeah. we have brought on a uh, local... Uh, resident the, expert resident expert big fish expert uh i, I believe in my opinion and, and matt's opinion and i'm sure um plenty of other people's opinion um toby thanks for hey, coming how's on the podcast. It going? <laughs> yeah good uh why don't yeah, you thanks for, having me. for those of us who don't know who you are uh why don't you give us a quick little rundown of who's toby uh what do you do like your instagram name and stuff
2: Yeah, Yeah,
1: so for you guys who don't know me, uh, my Instagram name is uh, TobesMN, and uh, I actually grew up uh, down south Minnesota, and when I started fly fishing, I was fishing the Driftless and some other local streams in my area. Um, So yeah, some streams around the cities way down by Lanesboro and, uh, I mostly was targeting brown trout and that's kind of what I got good at, I guess.
2: Um, that's a, that's a, a good col- fish to target.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a good podcast. It's, talk about those. Yeah. Fish too. It's uh, yeah.
1: fitting, fitting for the podcast, I guess.
0: So,
2: um, for those of the people who haven't checked out Toby or don't, haven't seen Toby's, um, Instagram, Hit pause right now and go check it out. Tobes MN. This guy catches some of the biggest fish that I have ever seen people catch. And he catches them out of water that you typically wouldn't think there would be a fish that big in. But uh, he somehow manages to... uh, I don't know, distort the camera lens or stretch them little fish, you know, out to like 20 plus inches long. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, him and I have met out on the river a couple of times and yeah, I mean, it was a few years ago that you really kind of blew up, you know, in the local twin cities, um, fishing scene. I think, I think at that time, Instagram was like really, picking up for uh fly fishers and there was a big presence and you uh definitely were part of that uh presence yeah so uh when
1: I kind of blew up I guess uh yeah I was just going out to some streams catching fish and then I found some big fish and I think around that time that's when I kind of messaged you on Instagram cause uh-huh. I saw one of your fly patterns, the broke neck and yeah. I was like, I was like, dang, I need that fly. So yeah, I hit you up and I, I got that fly from you and I started fishing it and I think that's when I started catching big fish. That yeah. fly Sweet. was kinda the magic ticket.
0: Is that a straight, fi- straight endorsement for the broke neck? <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely if you guys haven't fished the broke neck chub, that was one of my go-to patterns. Like I'd say 98% of the time that was I think one of the, uh, one of the I flies think, I fished
2: a lot. Yeah, I mean, I remember that summer and and you and I were kind of like bouncing ideas off each other because I had the pattern and you fished it and you said yeah I kind of like it but you know this so I would you know tweak a couple things and then get you a couple more patterns to try and um so I mean I I credit you with a lot of the research and development on that that fly pattern to get it dialed in cool yeah that fly that fly is money definitely yeah. one
1: of my confidence flies Yeah. Uh, fish for strip good. for strip and streamers no doubt yeah. and uh yeah. So I, I found these big fish. I mean, I, I was going to the stream and I saw these big fish and I was like, how do I catch these fish? And so the first one I actually caught that was technically a big fish, like over 20. Uh, was, I was. Is that what you consider a big
2: fish is something over uh, 20?
1: I'd say, I'd say a 20 inch, uh, fish from Minnesota is definitely a solid brown trout. I mean, you know, people have their own, uh, uh, like idea or whatever, what they consider a trophy. And I mean, some people think like a 16 is, and I mean, yeah, it's a good fish and stuff. It's all depending on like what water you fish in my opinion. Because if there's if there's like twenty five inch fish in that water and you're catching sixteens, it's I mean, it's cool and stuff. Like I'm not trying to talk down on anyone. But uh yeah, I mean But when you're going for big fish, you're going When you're going for big fish, you're going for big fish. But I I I I consider fish over twenties like what I kind of keep track of if I'm keeping track. Like, oh yeah, I caught however many over twenty this year. Right. I think now, I think that's kind of how a lot of guys down there are doing it.
2: Yeah. Now you mentioned that um, you saw the fish and tried to figure out how you could catch them. Do you yeah, typically so, see them before you catch them, or do you just are you blind uh, casting into spots? A little
1: bit of both. So with with those fish, I saw those fish. Uh, I actually was just exploring stuff, and I went to. I, w- I just went to the spot and I was looking at the water and I just saw like a fish rise to the top. And I was like, no way. Like, was that actually a big fish that I just saw come up for a bug? And so I sat there watching and stuff. And the only thing I had on me that was like a top water fly I actually had a fly in my box. It was a little, uh, like sunfish pattern, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like one of those spiders with those long legs. And so I casted down there and I was like, this fish ain't going to take it. And the fish actually came up and looked at my fly and it was following it. And I was like, no way. And he just, just right behind it, like staring at it, like, nope. turned around. And I was like, "Oh." so then I cast it again and I just gave it a little more wiggle and whatever. And I got it. And it was like a, it's like a 23 inch Brown. And I was like, dang, this is like the biggest fish I've ever caught. Right. But while I was fishing that, when I caught that fish, I saw another big fish that was kind of like following it. And I was like, okay. So I kept fishing that, that little sunfish fly. And you know, never moved a fish like that again out of there. And I was like, okay, how do I catch these fly or fish with, why is like, what do I use? Cause around mm-hmm. that time I was just, I was just using nymphs. And I mean, the only streamer pattern I really fished was like a woolly bugger then, but then I kind of got introduced to the streamers and my buddy, Courtney Morris, he's a tire. He used to live down in the cross. Um, I messaged him and I was like, yo, this looks like a cool streamer. Like, can I get some of these? Just, like, hey, can I get some streamers? I'll buy them, whatever. And he sent me a few and wanted me to test them. And then that's when I hit you up. And I'm like, hey, man, like, you got any streamers? Like, yeah. that's kind of when I got the broke neck. And, yeah, I cool. guess the rest was history
2: from there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
2: Grant, you got any questions?
0: Yeah, so excuse me when you were um you know kind of scoping out these streams what what's your strategy for finding new water you know how do how do you go about finding new water
1: you know i kind of i kind of use uh there's a tool on the dnr website i'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of it and maybe some of you guys haven't and i'd say it's a good tool to uh find out new streams and new spots but it's called the minnesota dnr fish mapper and so basically on that website you can go you can you know click on what body of water you're fishing whether it's like a lake stream whatever and a river and then you click the species you want And let's say it's brown trout. So you say, I want to catch a brown trout in a river and click tabular results. Boom, gives you every stream in Minnesota that has a brown trout. So you can kind of look at the numbers and some numbers are like, okay, they did an electroshocking and they got like 160 fish. So you can kind of you know, use the numbers, like figure it out in your head, like, okay, well, if they got that many fish, you know, I wouldn't, in my mind, that would be like, okay, probably like a hundred and whatever little fish. Mm-hmm. So there's sometimes you'll see like, you know, they maybe got like 20 fish or something like that. And then it's like, okay, well, so how I think it's like, okay, less fish, So less, uh, fight over food kind of thing. So,
2: so so before you hit the water, you're doing research into, you know, possible, possible spots that would have, um, the type of fish that you're looking for. Yeah. So
1: I'd say do your research. And I mean, sometimes you hear guys talking about a stream and then you can kind of do your research. I mean, a lot of stuff you can find out in like books. Like there's old books. I mean, you can go to a local fly shop and get some uh, good advice from those guys. Or, yeah, even just use the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Helpful tool for sure.
2: And uh, you're not afraid to put on some miles looking for big fish. I mean, I remember talking to you and you talk about like, you know, I put on seven, eight miles today, you know, and caught one fish. And I think of that and I'm like, man, I could like walk 10 feet from a certain bridge and catch 20 fish, you know, but they're not, they're not the caliber of fish that you're catching.
1: Yeah. So I, I put in the legwork for sure. And I go out and check streams out and get my own, you know, judgment on that stream, whether, it ends up being a good stream or bad stream. I mean, just covering water and doing the lag work helps out.
0: Right. Are you, are you doing primarily like public access stuff or is there a lot of situations where you're asking landowners for permission to get access to these spots?
1: A little bit of both. I mean, I've definitely fished my fair share of public uh, access spots And I've caught fish at those spots, but I've also gone up to people's doors and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I fish here? Or do you mind if I go on your land if I access from somewhere else? And sometimes you'll get a yes or a no, but I think sometimes if you just say, you know, I respect the fish, I catch and release, and if I see any trash, I'll pick it up. I mean, right. that goes a long way with the landowner. Bring back a bag of trash. And he's like, wow, yeah. I didn't know there was that much trash down there. Well, yeah, I picked it up. He's, Do you mind if I come back again? Oh, sure. Yeah, come back. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of get to know these guys. And eventually they just let you drive down their field and park next to the river.
2: Yeah, it definitely pays to uh, be courteous to, to the landowner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like you said, pick up a little trash goes a long ways.
1: Yeah. Just respect the land. You know, if they're, if they have no trespassing signs and stuff and they don't want you on their land, I mean, the best thing you can do is ask rather yeah. than them coming down and catching you.
0: Right. Yeah. Saying, what the, what the hell are you doing here?
1: Like, then when you want to fish it again, you don't really have that option.
0: Yep. Do do you find more, more often than not, they're pretty receptive as long as you're, you know, yeah, I'd say open to conversation.
1: I'd say out of the people that I've asked to access their land, I'd say about 95% of them have been cool with it. And I even met a guy on a river who actually, you know, I kind of became cool with him and he. I'd go to his house, hey, do you mind if I fish your river? He's like, he's like, yeah. And so I'd park on the side of the road. He's like, you know, you could just drive down there. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. So I'm driving my little car down this old road that I mean, just crappy road. Yeah, because if if you can if you
2: can find a chunk of river that's, you know, say between bridges is, you know, six miles. If you can find somebody in the middle. You know that will let you access that water. I mean, those those fish rarely see anybody fishing them because hardly yeah. anybody goes farther than a mile.
0: Yeah, any bridge. Totally any agree with that. I'd say a, uh, longer than a and, quarter of a mile is. Yeah. You know. I'd, <laughs> and I would
1: also say, uh, not only that, but fishing on designated water too. That yeah. that holds big fish. Um, a lot of people just. You know turn their head on it but if you actually check it out and it seems fishy to you and I mean you might see a couple of fish rising or whatever but yeah if you check it out and it looks like other parts of the river that have fish and the water mm-hmm. temperatures right and the bottoms right I mean there's going to be fish right
2: and sometimes yeah. they're a lot bigger <laughs> yeah yep yeah, it does doesn't have to be have that label of a trout stream to hold, you know, trout. Oh. Um awesome. Uh like so what are some things that you look for when you're looking for um Well, like say you say you're on a a new river and you're looking. You think that there might be some big fish in there. What are some things you know? What types of water do you look for? You look for fast water, deep water, slow water, um, cover, no cover. I'd say,
1: uh, yeah. So I'd say the main things I look for. Depth, current, and structure, I think those are the most important things for basically any big fish. I mean, actually for any fish. I mean, you want yeah. uh, some depth so they they can sit down low and use that for some sort of cover if there isn't other cover around. Um, you want some current so, it. I mean, they're getting oxygen, they're getting food brought to them. And then... uh Structure for sure
2: where they can dodge predators, hide out, lay low. Yeah. Um, Do you find, uh, you fish a lot of undercut banks? Yeah. 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 Those those work sometimes.
1: Oh yeah. Undercut banks. Those are good. I like when the grass is hanging over a little bit. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Undercuts, log jams. Mm-hmm. fishing behind boulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I go out fishing, I definitely uh, work all of the water. Like even if it doesn't look fishy, sometimes it actually is
0: fishy. So it's,
1: right. I mean, I, I basically have my fly in the water the whole time.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're, not, you're not just skipping from yeah. corner yeah. pool to corner pool, just work, yeah, yeah. work the water. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting in the work to get out there, you might as well cover it all to make sure.
2: And those those bigger, those bigger fish, I mean, they know that they're, they're the big dog, you know, and in their, their stretch of the river and they're not overly scared of, of much of anything. So they'll just, you know, they'll hang out in the spots that people don't normally fish knowing that they're just going to walk right past it. And, uh, you know, I've caught fish in stuff that, you know, typically I would stand in to fish to another place. Um, And there'll be times when I throw a cast into that spot where, you know, I'm going to stand in, you know, a couple steps, but I'll throw a cast up there just in case there's something in there. And more times than not, that's where I pull my biggest fish out of, is those spots that you wouldn't necessarily think of as having holding fish for one, And more importantly, holding a big fish. So like, you know, Toby said, you, you definitely want to, you know, hit as many spots in that river as you can.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you you just never know, you know, it could
0: be anywhere. When you're going out streamer fishing, um, are you, are you the guy that's, uh, you know, playing, uh, brightness of the sky or are you as far as colors of of your fly or are you the guy that's saying all right this is my confidence fly or this is what I feel is best for this river that I'm on
1: that's funny you ask that because I was just having a conversation with a friend like yesterday about that and yeah I was on the broil fishing and it was I mean perfect day like I consider perfect cloudy overcast skies. I mean, cool temperature. It was just a perfect fall day that I could think of fishing the brule. And I just didn't have any grabs or anything all day long. And I'm like, all right, what the heck's going on here? Am I like using the wrong color fly? Like Mm -hmm. I started questioning everything I was doing and I'm like, what the hell am I thinking? Like I've caught trout, on the brightest bluebird sky you can think of. And I've also caught trout. I mean the crappiest weather you can think of. So I guess it's just, you never know when they're going to eat. And I'd say with my fly on the, like, some people say bright fly, bright day, dark fly, dark day, that kind of stuff. And I mean, I kind of just fish, whatever. I don't really I try not to think too much into that I kind of just put on a confidence fly and go with it all day right. uh, sometimes especially like with how I'm fishing now uh swinging flies I kind of just put a fly on and I keep it on until I lose it or I mean if I fished it half the day and I haven't Gotten anything? Then I might switch it up and go completely opposite. Like, say I'm using a bright fly, I might switch to
2: a dark fly, like a black or so. Right. So, so you fish a fly like Grant does all day long until something eventually gets sick of seeing it bite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how's that? Yeah. How's that? How's
2: that work out, Matt? <laughs> um, it it worked out pretty good for you, <laughs> size wise, but number wise, I kick your butt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We were smallmouth fishing a couple of weeks ago, and Grant, uh, I had changed flies like I don't know half a dozen times before I, you know, Grant ever even caught a fish. But
0: um, he stuck those, with that, it. Those, those two that, that came, those two that came in the boat were nice. Yeah, that I mean, that's just how I I fish. But I mean, I've also seen guys, you know. Well switch so, flies 12 times and they also catch 12 huge fish so it's I think it's that whole yeah so inspector. I
1: so this this summer I kind of targeted musky for a while and I mean I'm not like I am with trout with musky I switch flies probably 30 times when I'm going for musky and it's like okay what the hell <laughs> so yeah. then finally I kind of just pick something and fish it but yeah I'd say just throw in a fly that you're you have confidence in and fish it and fish it well. I mean different flies swim differently, so yeah just figure out how it swims and what works best and
2: do you throw it uh, and fish it <clears throat> for um, your category of a good fish twenty plus inches do you find that think, size of flies matters like Um, do you go with like, you know, Size always
0: matters, Matt. Size (laughs) always matters.
1: Shut
2: up. (laughs) Um, I mean, do you, do you find like a, like um, a six inch fly works well, or, you know, will they take that two inch long? It's weird. It's
1: weird because the last couple, so I've been, I've been out on the brook with a friend of mine. Uh, her name's Megan and she started swinging flies and, you know, she, she got a trout spay over the summer and she actually got really good at casting. And I think she got that confidence you kind of need when you're swinging flies. And, you know, I was fishing a, uh, just this pattern I tied. It's probably like a three inch streamer pattern. And she was fishing light tips and uh muddler minnow. And she mm-hmm. caught a dandy steelhead. Uh, like 27 inch bright chrome and this past week like two days ago she caught a about the same size brown on the same fly so you know those big fish will take small flies and you know don't be scared to fish the small stuff but also fish the big stuff yeah um so yeah i mean I'd say like most of the big trout that I've caught, they've been on flies, uh, in the three inch range.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find I mean, that three to four inch, um, range is pretty good for the fish that we have around here. Uh, you go smaller, yeah. <clears throat> you go smaller and you'll catch more fish, you know, cause you'll get some of the smaller guys. The big fish will yep. will also eat, um, you know, like a two inch streamer but you know when you start getting into that 4 inch range your number of fish goes down but your size of fish definitely goes up.
1: Yep. I agree with that.
2: So, yeah, if
1: you're going for big fish and you you want to catch big fish, I mean I'd say go 3 to even 5. I mean, you could throw on a big fly and Go for you know, swing for the fences and go for that big twenty-six inch brown and you might just go all day without those big you might go all day or all week or all month without catching them, but yeah, if you know there's big fish there, don't be scared to fish big flies. But also don't rule out the small flies because I've caught some big fish on small flies, small nymphs,
2: small streamers. Yeah, Even have that ever, uh, little sun. <coughs> yeah, sun your fish little, yeah. yeah. Your little pattern. Your foam spider. Um, have you ever, I'll sometimes take, uh, you know, I'll put that big, you know, four inch streamer on and then drop a like a woolly bugger out the back of that. Um, and more times than not, I will get uh, swipes at the big fly, but then they come back around and hit, uh, you know, that smaller fly. Yeah. So
1: I've, I've never actually tried that, but I've heard about that. And I, I was actually just listening to something the other day. I can't remember what it was, but, uh, actually, no, it was, it was like an Orvis, uh, live video on Facebook. And they were talking about swinging flies and Pete Kutzer was talking about, uh, something they do out West called like the bird and the beat or bunny and the beat or something like that. that's oh, yeah. where it's where they'll fish a streamer and then they'll have like a small nymph or egg pattern trailing off the back. And yeah, yeah. I've, I've never tried that, but I've, I've found people's rigs that they lost in the tree and it's like a streamer mm-hmm. with a small nymph or weightless nymph. It's, I think it's usually like a weightless fly just so it kind of like hovers up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I, Jim, think, uh, I think, Jim, yeah, Aronson, I
0: Jim Aronson introduced that to me fishing kind of a smaller, we were fishing the smaller brook trout stream. Um, and I was, just frustrated trying to throw a woolly bugger, just trying to catch anything. And he's like, just throw a, just throw a small nymph, you know, trail a small nymph off the back of your bugger. I'm like, all right.
2: Yeah. I I think that's, uh, you know, the whole hopper dropper thing. I think that's a big part of it. I think that big giant flop of the hopper gets their attention. And then they see that uh, nymph and think, Oh, well there's food. I'd eat that. Yep. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd say, it. I'd say it works. I mean, I just personally haven't done it.
0: If you had, let's say you had three patterns to take you streamer fishing, not swinging, but just streamer fishing. Yeah, We'll boat, yeah, we'll get to
2: the, we'll get to the swinging part here in a
0: little bit. Um, right. you know, stripping streamers on the rule. What would be, you know, your top three patterns that you'd, you'd take with you?
1: Yeah, I haven't actually ever stripped streamers on the Brule, uh, but down in the Driftless, I'd say if I had three patterns that I could fish and I knew I'd catch fish, it would be a uh, definitely a Broke Neck. Uh, I'd say uh, like Sex Dungeon and a... Uh, mm, oh... There's this pattern that's called, uh, Oh, what's it called? I used to fish it a lot and it was really good fly. It was, uh, I think it was called the Hawkins triple double. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. One. That fly, that fly is a good fly. I'd say those three and I'd say probably, uh, like tans or
2: all kind of the more natural colors. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, you got anything else on that, Grant, or we'll jump into swinging?
0: It uh, sounds like sounds like he's a swinging master. I, I'm I am curious on what your preferred setup were, was when you were fishing streamers. Were you a, a six weight guy, an eight weight guy? Um, you know what what was your go to there?
1: <laughs> so, I'd say when I was fishing the driftless. I was, I was a five weight guy, four or five weight guy. And when I started finding these big fish, I mean, all I had that at the time was a five weight. So, I mean, that's kind of how I was doing it for a while. And then I was like talking to a couple guys and they're like, you know, you don't want to play those big fish for a long time. You kind of just want to get them in and, you know, let them go right away. So I jumped up to a six weight and I, I'd say that was probably a a solid choice. Um but I wouldn't bring a six weight to like trout run or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um that's just overkill and you know throwing that big heavy line on <laughs> spooky fish. I mean you're
2: yeah. <laughs> not gonna yep. catch much. No. Nope. So yeah. So, kind of size your rod to the water and and fish that you're fishing. Yeah, but yeah. We I found that you know six weight's a pretty good um, large streamer for this area, anyways. Type yeah. rod. But, you know I'd your say, four four inch streamer size. Yeah, I'd say that's uh,
1: it was a good setup. Um, yeah five and six. I mean, if I was going down South a little bit, I would probably bring my five.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for some of the bigger waters, bring my six.
2: Now, do you fish um, like longer leaders or do you like a short leader? Uh, heavy tippets? Uh,
1: I guess it depends. So stripping streamers, I, if I'm using a floating line, I would say I usually use a longer leader, but if I'm using a sink tip, I generally size that down quite a bit and go with something in the three foot range. Right. Do you run with straight, straight <clears throat> mono or do you taper that down? Yeah. So I, I'd say I kind of just throw on <laughs> straight floral, floral. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. you like floral. Yeah. I like floral. Uh Well, I like flora if I'm fishing streamers, but, you know, drives and stuff like that. I'll use mono. Yeah. Just
2: floral sinks. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I usually have like a 12 to 16 inch section of, you know, like 20 pound. And then uh, I'll drop down to eight usually, you know, maybe a two foot section of eight. Yep. You know, for streamer fishing. So, you know, I'm looking at about a three, three to four foot long leader. Usually it's about a two-foot leader after I've changed flies a hundred times and grant yeah, still so got that same long leader. <laughs> so if I'm using a floating
1: line, I kinda I kinda make my own leaders. Uh so I'll go I'll start with like a 20, mm-hmm. 20 pound test. Then I'll that'll be about you know two and a half three feet then i'll do another section of maybe 12 or 15 and then the section that i actually tie my fly to is probably about 10 or eight and uh just all the same length just size it down cast better
0: yeah what do you think grant you still there I'm still here. Um, no, I agree with all that. It sounds like we're all kind of abiding by the Kelly Gall- Gallup method of, yeah, hooking up your your leader setups. So yeah. props, yep. props, props to our ancestors up there watching us throw streamers across the uh, across the wall.
1: Yeah. So he actually has a book too, where I got some of uh, the patterns I like. Uh, I think it was called Modern Day Streamers for Trophy Trout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that sounds, right. That's a, that's a good read. <laughs> yeah, pick it up. Yep, some good stuff in there.
2: Yeah. yeah, a lot of our listeners know that uh we're big fans
0: of KG Grant is. Oh he, yeah, he's the goat. He's the goat. Oh, he's, yeah, he is. absolutely. He's one of the biggest hard asses in Montana right now. But oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you ever stayed at
2: his place and you've gotten some spent some time with him, he's he's an interesting guy. We all love him. Um, yeah. So now, so that like before, you were, you know, Mister Driftless, um, big fish guy, and now you've in the last few years have moved up north and are have become a. A swinging guy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been hitting the
1: bro for like six years, something like that. And, uh, yeah, I kind of just love the place and I love the area up here. I love the, I don't know what it is. I just love it up here. Yeah. So it's, I moved you found, on. I you found your place. Found my place for now anyways. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I just moved up here and I spent some time on the North Shore and kinda don't really like that. So I uh spend my time over at the Brule and other streams in Wisconsin. <clears throat> yeah, you fish a lot
2: of the, the smaller tributaries and stuff.
1: I do. There's a there's a couple trout streams too out here that I've checked out and it's actually pretty good water.
2: Have you ever fished the brule, not to get away from the swing part, but have you ever fished the brule um, farther up, like um, upstream of the big swampy slow section? I have. Pretty, uh, that's pretty good brook trout water.
1: It is, yes. Uh, that actually closes, I think it's September 1st. So it's kind of like something you can check out in the summertime or mm-hmm. I mean, just before then. Uh there's definitely good brook trout water up there. Um, and then sometimes before September 1st, you might find a big fish up there too. Yeah.
0: I know uh, the, there's the Iron good. River up there is pretty fun too, um, as far as just straight brown or finding some decent brown trout in there too.
1: Yeah. I've I've checked that one out. I've, I've pretty much checked out, I'd say, almost every tributary of Lake Superior from... Grand Portage down all the way around up to, say, Ashland, maybe a little further. Nice. So, yeah, there's there's good water out there. Um, yeah. Just depends on what you like fishing and how you like fishing.
0: And how much you want to put up with the moose-sized mosquitoes up there <laughs> during the summer?
1: Yeah, so the moose-sized mosquitoes and the... There's a lot of hillbillies up here too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Doing some pretty crazy, like just fishing the
0: craziest
1: things you can ever think of.
0: What's the weirdest thing you've seen on the river this summer up there?
1: Ooh, I'd say, uh, so there was this guy. I, I kind of know who he is. Uh, I, I rolled up to the river and, I don't know what he was doing. He was uh, fishing an indicator rig and for his fly, he didn't actually have a fly. He just had a hook and he had a worm on it. That was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like why don't you just fish a regular rod and a bobber? But mm-hmm. so that was pretty weird and then I've also seen uh I've seen guys using like these huge I don't know. It's almost like they take their rod off of their, you know, downrigger boat and go. <laughs> like a big cat, like
2: a big catfish rod.
1: Yeah. Basically and they have like big treble hooks or just like stuff you'd throw for big
0: pike or it's like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Snagging. Snagging. Yeah. yeah. That's that's first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So, uh, What got you into swinging flies? Is that your preferred way to
1: fish now? Uh, I'd say say for up here, yeah. If I'm going for lake run fish, I prefer the swing. And uh, I got into that because, so this is going to sound crazy, but here's a story for you guys. That's (laughs) Uh, what we like is stories. Yeah, so I'd say last year, I think it was last uh, spring, me and my friend we called in sick from work for 2 days and Hope your boss could, no that's my old boss so i don't really get uh, shit okay. but uh so yeah uh <laughs> called in sick 2 days just cuz it was like prime time you know the the fish were running in the tribs up here and uh yeah we just took our indicator rig and we hit pretty much all the streams going up to like Grammaray. And yeah, that day I caught 28 steelhead on my uh setup, my indicator rig. And I was like, this is kind of stupid. Like fishing for these fish like this, it's not even really fun anymore. Uh,
2: He just caught 20 plus steelhead. Some people don't even get that many
0: in a lifetime. Yeah, no big deal. It's just 20, 20 something. This is
1: a true story. So then the next day it was, it was a lot slower. I, I was getting skunked and my friend Megan, she was catching, you know, hog after hog. And it's like, what the heck? And we went to this river and the only fish I caught that day, it was a 32 inch steelhead. And it was actually my best great lakes fish Uh, or sorry, Lake Superior fish that I've caught. Well, actually, I would consider it my best Great Lakes fish, too, because the other ones I've caught at, like Lake Michigan, are kind of just, I don't know, I don't really like them that much. Um, The the zombie fish? The zombie fish, the fish that have been caught a million times, you know, it's just I don't know. Milwaukee fish are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> the the water's dirty. The <laughs> the the air's dirty. Everything's dirty out there. It's gross. I, I, I think that's
2: oh, the name of this podcast. Yeah, Milwaukee, Milwaukee
0: fish are dirty. I am D- just gonna. <laughs> I'm just say Milwaukee's dirty. I think. I think that's. So all of my our Milwaukee buddies out there. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. Here it? it's the truth.
1: There, There's tanks out there. They're, they're fun to catch, but it's just, I mean, it's, it's weird out there. Yeah, yeah, they have those
2: big back. king salmon down there that
1: are just. Yeah. They have big browns, big kings, big rainbows. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. But Where's yeah, your getting, story. <clears throat> yeah. So the next day yeah, I caught that fish and I was like, yeah, that was fun. It was like, I just need a challenge or something. So yeah, I met these guys on the Brule, uh, their names are Matt Jordan and Mike Peton. And well, I was walking by one day and they were doing this crazy casting and I was like talking to my friend at the time, I was like, what are they doing? He's like, Oh yeah, they're swinging flies. Yeah. You don't do that unless you don't really want to catch fish. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like oh okay so I didn't really think about it too much and I yeah I talked to these guys and I was like you know what are you guys doing and they kind of explained it to me they're like yeah swinging flies and roll casting spawn
2: sacks <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, no, just yeah kidding.
1: yeah so I was I was talking to them and I was like you know how do I how do I get into this like what's it all about? So this, uh, this guy, Mike Peton, he kind of told me what I needed and he took me out when I got my setup and yeah, the first, the first time out, I caught a little resident Brown. It was pretty cool. Just the take was pretty cool. And the casting was very difficult at the mm-hmm. time. And it's like just something new and something new that to like learn and, try to get good at and I think that's what it's all about you know just progressing as an angler and learning as much as you can from whoever you can and different methods and challenging yourself yeah and so it was just it was just kind of what I needed at the time because it just felt like I was going out kind of trying to catch big fish to post on the gram to get people's approval and people to like them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, this is, this isn't really fun anymore. So yeah, it was kind of what I needed. And yeah, it's definitely challenging and definitely a lot to learn, but it's, it's fun. And yeah, Mike kind of taught me a bunch of stuff and taught me how to cash took me out a few times Kind of showed me what kind of flies to use what tips and all that and it's kind of what i've been doing and kind of what i'm just doing up here and i had uh i'd say last fall it was yeah it was my first fall and i was doing everything he told me and i'm like what the heck this is kind of (laughs) shitty you know yeah fish where are the fish is this what it's about like am i doing something wrong And then I finally caught my first one and just feeling that take it, it's just something else. And I was like, okay. And so I kind of like remembered what I did when I caught that fish, like how I casted the angle and all that. Mm -hmm. Throwing the men's and stuff and kind of figured that out. And then, you know, next thing you know, I caught another fish and I was like, man, this is fun. Like, I like this. I want yeah. to do this. I want to get good at this. I want. It's your jam, you know. I, I I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means. I'm still learning a lot of stuff, but you know, I've had I've had success and I've caught fish and
2: yeah. I mean, it's it's fun. I love. Yeah, it. I, I definitely think that the you know the spay casting, swinging flies, you know, thing for for steelhead you know, in the Great Lakes area has really, really kicked off in like the last, you know, four or five years. And, uh, it's pretty cool to see where it's, where it's gone to and, you know, the amount of guys that are doing it now. Um, I know they just had that, uh, spay days, spade days. Yep. A at to, the Brule. Yeah. Yep.
1: I, uh, I actually didn't make it this year. Uh, I guess you needed a mask and when I found that out, I, I didn't have a mask cause I was fishing the Brule. And so I di- I wasn't able to go, but I heard it was pretty good. Uh, they had uh, Dave Pinchkowski who's a great lakes, uh, swinging legend. They had Ed mm-hmm. Ward presenting and he's, he's also a legend. Uh, he's kind of the guy who invented the commando heads. Yeah. And he's just, uh, he's a wizard. Uh, yeah, he was, he was presenting and then, uh, actually a couple of my buddies, I guess, presented. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't make it. It was kind of a bummer. And I think, uh, Andy Selvig presented maybe.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. He, he had sent me a message a couple of weeks ago about, I know he was at least going up there. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I know. He's, he's a big proponent of, I actually took, um, spay casting lesson with him earlier this summer. Um, and that was a lot of fun and I can definitely chime in when, uh, you talk to a difficult learning curve when it comes to these different types of casts and stuff, but it's addicting because it's fun. Um it is it's definitely it's it's a challenge, and it's one of those things where you just constantly get better and better every time you go out there and you throw them like that so
2: yeah it's probably like you know the guys that start out i don't know rifle hunting for deer and then you know eventually work their way into bow hunting you know it's it's just a little bit different you know a little more challenging
0: um way to to catch your fish and so much more gear to worry about yeah more, more <laughs> and stuff you to buy. lines and heads and like i i remember that was that was the difficult part for me was talking with andy about different heads and everything that you use and different leader setups and like it's yeah. just a lot of information that, that i'm going to forget
1: was... That was definitely the hardest thing for me to figure out as well. Uh, like what which tip to use and right. like how long of a leader should I have? And I think uh, I listened to your guys' podcast and I think Andy did a pretty good job of, you know, explaining it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't actually, I might've met him once or twice on the Brule, maybe just like ran into him, but I'd, I don't think I've actually, Hey, you know, I'm Toby. Nice to meet you
0: yeah if yeah, you ever get a done. chance you know have a if you see him on the river uh say hi have a conversation i mean he's a he's a book of knowledge uh when it comes or, to that that swinging game or yeah, definitely so, message him and pick up some of his flies because they are amazing uh, yeah
1: yeah, I've, I've seen this stuff uh yeah so my buddy mike and matt you know they're all friends with they're friends with andy and uh, this girl I know, Andrea, she's friends with uh, Andy as well. and so he sounds like a nice guy. I just haven't met him. I don't really know him. Yeah, but I've, super seen, cool. I've seen I've seen this flies. I follow him on Instagram and
0: well that fly I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't take off my my line a couple of weeks ago. Smallmouth fishing was one of Andy's d and ds and yeah, it, it did the job. that's for sure.
2: So here's a question for you. Being a north shore um fisher how what's your take toby on the whole um <laughs> steelhead not steelhead uh east you know west coast great lakes those recent and all that
0: those recent memes have been awesome, but I've yeah. seen
1: them. I've seen them on, uh, I think it was fly Lords posted something and it was like the hands in the yeah. circle and then gray <laughs> They push
0: like, it off. Yeah.
1: Push it, push it off. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, you know, I kinda, I consider them steelhead. I mean, they're the same fish, basically, uh, the only difference is steelhead out West go into the ocean and, you know, people will, people will say, uh, you know, well, they have to fight off sea lions and whales and sharks and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, our fish come out of Lake Superior, which is kind of like an ocean. Uh, they fight off eagles and hillbillies and Packer fans, Packer fans and, you know, they fight off crazy stuff too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I say they're still right. Th- I think it's definitely the future of steelhead. Uh, the it's way things are looking, the things are looking, the way things are looking out West, it's not looking so good for their steelhead populations, but you know, maybe they'll figure that out and things will come back. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Brule River steelhead, it's, it's a wild, you know, naturally yeah. reproducing fish. I mean, it's pretty, that's pretty unique because you know, those fish out in Milwaukee or the R- river or wherever you go around that area. I don't, I don't think they, I, I, I don't think they reproduce. You might find something like a stream way up by, uh, you know, green Bay or something, but I mean, they can't
2: spawn in the middle of a golf
1: course. I don't know. (laughs) Some of the spots I fished out there, it's like I was fishing this park and you know, the, this dude built a bunker just right in the bank of the river. And I don't know if you guys saw that, but yeah. So this guy out in Milwaukee, he built a bunker in this right on the bank of the river. And I guess he got caught and found because his dogs ran away and he was just shooting <laughs> guns into the river. And oh, uh, man. it's, it's actually across from this really good spot. We fish and, uh, we checked it out and it was pretty weird. It was just like a big hole in the ground and you had like boards on the side and like chains hanging from the ceiling and <laughs> a big, a big toolbox down there. It's like,
0: what is this guy up to? Just proud of my home state. Every story that I hear.
2: <laughs> Did he have a big giant pit and a basket with handlose in there? <laughs> 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 um, so, so you, you definitely, the North shore is, is your jam right now. Huh? Well, technically no.
0: South shore.
1: South shore. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do a it's lot north of, of my- us.
0: Yes. South shore of Lake Superior.
1: I'd say, uh, yeah. South shore. Uh, I'd say, I, actually most of my fishing I do is in Wisconsin. Uh, there's a couple of rivers I'll hit in Minnesota, but yeah.
0: So on these long adventures out on the, on the river, um, what's, uh, you know, uh, other than your fishing gear, uh, what are what some other essentials that you're bringing with?
1: Can of chew, water,
2: maybe some snacks. <laughs> but uh, what's your go-to sandwich? That's a that's a podcast staple. Yep. Oh man,
0: <laughs> it can be it can be a, a a gas station sandwich that you pick up, something you make at home, something that you can convince uh, a buddy to make for you. <laughs>
1: I mean, when I'm out fishing, there's only, like, if I'm at the Brule, there's only one gas station and I, I try to stay away from those sandwiches. Uh, (laughs) So I'd say, you know, peanut butter and jelly. That's, that's a good one. But if I'm I'm looking for something a little more hearty, I'd, I'd say probably like a roast beef and Turkey with some, some lettuce, uh, some cheese thrown in there. That's a good combo. Tomato. tomato. That's yeah. that's
2: a solid sandwich. Yeah. That's probably one of the better sandwiches yeah. we've had offered up.
0: I don't think I've ever I don't I was gonna say at and then yeah. It. I don't think I've heard anybody bring up roast beef yet, uh for, for, roast beef, yeah. for uh you know, streamside sandwich before.
1: Uh the I'd say uh my favorite uh streamside snack or food I've had was uh Chipotle burrito. <laughs>
0: that's a (laughs) a, burritos are nice and packable that's yeah Yeah. so
1: so i've actually uh i saw a meme on i think it was facebook or something but i think i'm gonna have to try it this guy uh or this girl she posted something's like oh yeah my dad's been packing these burritos in this thermos to keep them warm while he's out on the job or something so i'm like that is genius so I'm yeah. thinking about getting some uh, burritos, throwing them in a thermos and keeping them warm this
2: fall. Nice.
0: I had buddies when they used to go up to the U piece uh, snowboarding, they'd take like those old green Stanley <coughs> thermoses that you like your grandpa probably has. that has been rolling on oh, yeah. the, the truck, put it, pull boiling water and fill it with uh, frozen hot dogs and seal it and by the time lunchtime comes around you've got warm cooked hot dogs that's brilliant okay
1: yeah i prefer my hot dogs uh over a fire rather than boiled
0: <laughs> i <laughs> but, i agree i agree with you there
2: you know i would eat a boiled like, dog though i like the chipotle idea that that uh it's good that might do better than our uh Fried
0: chicken we brought out that one time. Yeah, fried chicken can get a little soft every now and, Chipotle,
2: and
1: then. Chipotle is just good because it's it's super filling and you know it's it's pretty. I'd say it's pretty healthy. I mean, if I ate a if I eat some KFC chicken before I went fishing, I'd yeah. I'd want to I'd want to take a nap.
0: That <laughs> that you might not be fishing too much.
2: Yeah, I brought half a pizza one time. That was pretty good. Half a Papa Murphy, or, uh, yeah, Papa Murphy's
0: pizza. We've done Taco John six-pack in a pond before. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah,
1: so, so I'd say one of my go-to's is uh, say if I'm on the Brule, I'll hit the Brule, and then we'll get done, and we'll go to uh, Iron River, and we'll hit up the pizza parlor.
0: Yeah, that's a good pizza parlor. That's a good spot. Uh,
1: I would not recommend the crowbar, though. Uh, I've been there. I've been there one time, and I was super hungry, and I was like, "What should I get?" Like, I want, I want a burger or something, but I want something before, so I ordered their nachos. Oh boy! And it was, it was the most pathetic thing. It was basically (laughs) like somebody took some Tostitos and threw a craft single on it. And that's all there was to it. (laughs) I was like, what is this?
2: I think the crowbar is a lot of uh, Twin City Brule guys, you know, (laughs) staple. They got to hit the
0: crowbar. Yeah. I mean, if you're into, you know. Just pass on the nachos. If you're into dollar push lights, they've got a good jukebox at least. So that's a plus. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of sucks because there isn't really there isn't much for food there. So it's like, you're kind of limited to the crowbar twin gables or uh gas station food. But yeah, I will say once
2: you get out of superior, there's not a whole lot of choices.
1: Twin gables. If you go there, I mean, you could, you could go there in the morning and get some breakfast and it's not the best breakfast. I'd say it's probably, uh, you know,
2: less quality than Perkins. But is it it's, is it good enough that you don't need to take a a shit break out in the woods? Yeah. Uh, Can you hold de- it in all day? <laughs> de- de- debatable. I actually debatable.
1: Had, so yeah, I'd say there over the what is it, the angry trout mm-hmm. by the campground there. So there was one there's one night. I was so hungry after I hit the river and they were having this like All you can eat spaghetti buffet. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Spaghetti. Oh yeah, spaghetti buffet. And you know, I was super hungry, so I was like, whatever. (laughs) And then you get up there and it's like, you know, if you boil noodles and you kind of leave like two noodles in the pot when it's sitting in the sink, sink for a couple days, they get like super fat and mushy. Yeah. That's basically what it was. And just some weird meat sauce and you know, it was good at the time, but the next day on the river, it was, uh, it was bad news and, uh, haven't been back there since.
0: You gotta be careful. Oh. Gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Definitely.
2: Oh. yep. Yeah. A, a roll, a roll of toilet paper is an essential fishing, um, yeah thing you want to take with you.
0: Yeah. yeah Otherwise, so, uh, you know, as long as it's a t-shirt, you're not afraid to lose a sleeve off of, you'll be fine.
1: <laughs> well, I've lost a couple t-shirts in the woods, but <laughs> uh I'd say uh up until this past month, I never really brought TP with on the stream, but I started doing it because I actually got uh giardia, you know, I was super sick.
0: Was oh yeah, drinking.
1: Me and my buddy went camping and we were fishing a river. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, I got this water purifier. Like all you do is pump it, and you can drink any water you want." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, I don't know, man." He's like, "No, I promise." So, so I tried. It didn't work it out so well. Did not work out so well. I was. Uh, I was having some stomach issues for about 10 days, but I wanted to get out fishing. So that's when I started bringing the teepee. Now I kind of just have it. Yeah. yeah I heard that. Oh yeah. It sucked. Like not only that, not only the shits, but I, I mean, my whole body was just achy and I actually thought I had COVID. So I went in and got tested. And yeah, no COVID, Also as no, recent then. Huh? Yeah. So that's uh yeah. That was last last week and the week before. I thought oh, I had wow. co- I thought I had COVID and wow. went and got went and got tested and he's like, no, you don't have COVID, but you definitely have something. And they did a couple tests on me and they were like, oh yeah, you drank some bad water. And I was like, uh, yeah, maybe not. Poss- not that I can remember. So like, so it'd be three weeks ago. Me and my buddy went camping and he's like, yeah, I got this pump and he I ran out of water so he's like let's just use this pump you know and I was like I remember saying like if I get sick I'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> and and that uh, so he like pumps the water and he's like yeah it, it was like 150 bucks for this thing so it's super awesome you can drink any water and yeah, I, I remember drinking the water, and it was like, oh, dude, this water tastes like crap. And it tasted like <laughs> mud, and it, it tasted like I took a mouthful of mud, and I'm like, dude, I don't even want this water. But yeah. I was thirsty, so I, I just slammed it quick, and, you know, next thing you know, I'm I'm
2: sicker than a dog. Yeah, so, drinking beaver poop.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's well. You gotta be careful with some of those pa- I've used plenty of those water filter things too, and luckily, yeah, so knock it, on wood, I haven't had a well, had an issue keep, yet.
2: It's keeping all the parts clean because like yeah. everybody just throws it in a ziploc bag. Well, then the crappy water you were just pumping is now all over the hose and the outside, and the part that you put in your water bottle, and yeah, it's all growing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, keep it separate and clean.
1: Turns out I guess he had an old filter or something. I don't know what it was.
0: That'll do it.
1: But um so yeah, I'm
2: better now. Fishing seasons here and Yeah, you're getting tuned up. It should be any like you said, you get a little bit of rain and those fish will moving in. A little bit of rain, fish will come.
0: what's your what's your optimal or what's your preferred flow rate for the brule if that's not too much of a secret number
1: Uh, i wouldn't say i think it's kind of common sense you know so right now i think it's flowing at about 154 and it's just crystal clear and super low and uh you know a lot of the runs and spots you normally hit they're just you know ankle deep and it's like dang yeah. So the fish are kind of just laying low in those big deeper spots, kind of towards the bottom I think, but I'd say my favorite flow is I'd say 300 to 350. And so when it's flowing like that, it's kind of it's kind of more stained higher water. I'd say in like a good flow that a Lot of guys and myself even like prefer, like, if I were nymphing, I'd say like 250 to 280. That's that's pretty solid. That's a good, uh, that's a good flow. Like,
2: now, are, are, are you a camper? Nah. Do you get out there early and, and claim your hole, or do you bop around? No, I don't camp. And I, what are, you, honestly, what are your thoughts on the people that? <laughs> Cause I know a lot of people that bring a group of six or eight guys and get out there, you know, four or five in the morning yeah, and so, claim, claim their corner and they just rotate through and don't let anybody else fish it to me. That, I,
1: I uh, think that's pretty, it's not really uh ethical, like it's not really what you should be doing out there. I think, you know, I think there's like 30 miles of fishable water and it's like, you know, move around. Like, yeah, yeah, you can sit and fish a hole all day and you'll eventually catch one, but it's like, I'm, I don't like doing that. I, I gotta move. So I'm, I cover water. I mean, I'll do big stretches on the brule and you know, I'll take, I'll go from one landing to the next one down or two down or three down Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um I kinda I know I know the spot, so it's like, okay, yeah, let's hit this, hop out, walk to the next spot. It's not really holes. Yeah. Sometimes. I agree. I,
2: I I don't think the camping is, is very good. It's no. not how I would wanna fish. I would not wanna no. make eight hundred <clears throat> swings through the same hole all day long. Yeah,
1: so there's there's some guys who actually, do it, and it's you know, there's a the sauna hole on the Brule, and it's I mean, it's like the picture perfect hole you can think of. You know, comes nice run going into it, hits a bend mm-hmm. where there's like log jam at the back, bubbly water, like everything you could want, slow yep. seams. And, you know, people camp out there and it's the people, the Nichols who own that area. I mean, they're kind of, they kind of don't like it because a lot of guys will sit on their bench, like hang their stuff up on the sauna. I mean, leave beer cans and it's like, come on, man. (laughs) And the old guys, they're like, if there isn't a fish there in your first three casts, then move on. Cause if there, if there's a fish, it's going to take it. And I mean, I kind of, I agree with that. Like make your couple casts and feel Come like on. you hit Come the hole good enough and move on. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's fair. Well, Matt, you have any other questions on uh swing flies? Um,
2: no, I mean, I, th- I think it'd be fun to try. Um,
0: yeah. Maybe we'll have to
2: make a trip up
0: there sometime. Once we get through this COVID business. Stupid COVID. Stupid COVID. <laughs> Stupid COVID.
2: Um, one one question I usually ask uh, a lot of our guests is, uh, is, of all the fish that you've caught or not caught, is there one that... Um, like sticks out that you will always remember above and beyond any other fish you've ever caught? Um, there's a couple.
1: Uh, and those are the kind of the ones I share on my Instagram page. Cause I mean, I don't post every fish I catch and like I listened to the podcast you did with Eddie and he <laughs> was saying like, Eddie is, Eddie is a funny guy yeah I'm kind of uh I'm kind of jealous he got a bowl of green m ms and I didn't <laughs> I didn't even get a beer or wings or anything well next we'll,
0: next time next time we can do this in person we'll, we'll make sure we'll there there's to. some treats for you That's
2: we'll get we'll get no, m ms right. beers and <clears throat> chicken wings
0: yep that sounds
1: good uh yeah, but he was saying like he goes out and posts the same day like. There's some guys who will hang on to photos for a while. I'm kind of the guy who hangs on to photos for a while. And uh, I don't post the same day. I mean, some days I will. Yeah, Um, I kind of try to make uh, my Instagram more fun. I kind of, I've been trying to post some videos and trying to post my adventures on my uh, story. Just kind of give people the idea of what I'm doing, like yeah what we're up to. And so I'd say there's a couple of fish that kind of stand out. One of them was uh I went out with my buddy Courtney uh Morris. His Instagram is sculping army uh before he moved to Oregon and we were fishing a river and uh I knew there was a big fish there cause I had moved it before and I was like, there's a big fish here. I know there's a big fish here. Hit it. Like let's get you this big fish. And he worked it for a while and he moved it. He moved that fish probably five or six times. And he's like, I can't get it, man. Like that, like he worked it for probably like a half hour. And he's like, I can't get this fish. You do it. You try or whatever. So I was like, all right. So I kind of put on the same fly he had. Can't remember what it was. Some, uh, some. I think it was like a black and purple streamer, but uh, I hit it. I moved the fish right away and the fish came out and it was like, It kept coming out. It was super weird because I've never seen that before, but he kept coming out kind of like, uh, I don't know what I can compare it to, but kept coming out, kept trying to like swiping at the fly. So I don't know if it was more of an aggression thing or whatnot, but anyways, he hit my fly and I was like, dang, Uh, He probably felt hook and so I was like, all right. So I kind of gave it 10 minutes, something like that, switched flies and then, uh, made a cast and I actually got this fish and it was, I believe it was a, it wasn't my biggest fish, but it was, it was a, it was a Brown. It was probably, I think it was 27 inches. 26 and 3 fourths or something like that. And it was like the best brown you can think of, like the yellow, orangish, yeah, orangish color. And it had, didn't have, it had a bunch of spots, like the black spots, but it had these vivid, bright red spots with the blue halos around it. And it was just a big, hook jaw, clean fish. And, uh, yeah, that was the last time we got out before he moved. And there's actually a video of that fish on my Insta.
0: Is that the one back in December? I'm just looking at your Instagram. I believe so. It's uh, right now. That is a, that is a beast of a fish. Yes. Sure.
1: <laughs> so uh, I believe that's the one I'm fishing with. Uh, there's another guy filming it or whatever. I'm reeling it in towards the bank and he tails it, hands it off to me
2: like oh like uh, hell yeah do you find you mentioned that like you know you see fish and you've you've moved fish before do you find that um a big fish will have his spot or his home or his hole and yes. like like you know that you can come this week and like three weeks from now he's going to be in that same spot or do you, do you find that they move around quite a bit or pretty much hold to their they're one so, run their whole. So, uh, yeah.
1: So that was kind of something that I, so I'm kind of weird. So I'd go out, like, I'd say a big part of my success came from, uh, just like writing down stuff every time you get out. Like, okay, the flow was at this, the temperature of the water was this, right. uh, Conditions of the sky were this. I was throwing this fly. Yeah, I was throwing this fly and I hit this spot. And I would write down my success and then I kind of got it dialed on my spots I hit. Like, I would look at the USGS and check the flow and I would see that the river's at whatever it's pumping at. I'm not going to say numbers because I think... uh, that's too big of a secret Uh, people can figure that out on their own. Yep. They can. Yeah. So, uh, figure out what the river's flowing at. Like I, I knew just from experience, like hitting the river over a certain number, I would never catch Browns. I would never catch trout. And I mean, once in a while I'd catch a pike something like that. Um, or if I hit the river at this flow, like in between these numbers, I've had success and I've caught, you know, big fish, or if the river was blown out downstream, I knew where I could go upstream or to a trib and fish and have luck up there. So I'd say, uh, so getting to your question, it's, I kind of used all that. And like, if I knew a fish was in a certain spot, I knew he was in that spot. I mean, I think they kind of hang out in that area and mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like they have their home and then they have their feed lane that they'll move up to or move down to and they'll eat all right, and then they'll move back and hang out under that log jam or undercut bank. But I, I, I honestly feel like if you've seen a big fish somewhere, he's probably still there. Right. I mean, maybe if they got caught a few times, they might move. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, I've noticed that they kind of have their, they kind of have their hole and you know, you that might be the only. It's kind. It's weird because it's kind of like just what I've I've experienced with musky. Like there will be. A, and I'm not a musky expert by any means. That's Eddie, but I feel like you know you might find a musky here, and you won't see another musky for however long downstream. Cause I feel like they kind of have their territory and I feel like the big Browns are kind of like that. I mean, you'll find some, It I guess it depends on the water you hit because like, well, trout run Creek, that's no secret to anyone in Minnesota. And I can tell you guys that there are big fish in there. And I'd say this is a good time to hit it too. Um, I've seen big fish, and you know it will be sitting in the best spot of the hole or the run, the best feed lane, and then you'll find fish behind them. But I mean, the big dog always gets the best feed lane. So
2: right, so it definitely pays to you know, like you said, take notes and do your homework and um, be observant yeah. and just just not yes. go out there and like huck and pray.
1: Yeah, so and it's weird because I've also noticed like when there's bugs and wildlife moving around, I've had better days on the river fishing. Like I don't know if there's something to it or not. I just like if I see a lot of birds and eagles and deer and freaking mink (laughs) or whatever the hell running around. Seems like everything's kind of moving around.
2: Yeah, there must be something. And in the I noticed
1: on days when, yeah, maybe. And then it seems like days when there's it's just dead, nothing's moving. I mean,
2: I don't Nothing catch moving. crap, right? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I've never. It's weird. I've never paid yeah, attention I, to that. I'll have to, you know, <laughs> keep that in the back of my I, mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I kind of, I kind of look at everything like the water, the temperature the conditions. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. I have, yeah, I have it all written down and I've kind of got it dialed in where like, yeah, I know the flows at this. I can hit this spot, that spot. Right. Yeah. And you know, I have a good chance.
2: Awesome. Um, Sasquatch. Are you a believer or no? Sasquatch. <laughs> Yeah, that's,
1: that's a, um, I'd like I'd like to think there's a Sasquatch. That's I'd good like enough to for us. There's something out. I'd I'd like to think that there's something out there that can uh, remain that mysterious. Yeah, Grant's a believer that people. I I, I think I'm a believer. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I wonder what he looks like, though. I wonder uh, if he looks like what people. I hear he's like blurry. picked him to be. Yeah, I hear he's blurry. blurry. Yeah.
0: We talking about uh, Justin Carf?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh <Sascha>. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Squanch. I said you're a believer. Yeah, I'm a believer.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's that's good. I don't know. There's, there's more. Maybe of us he out there. May,
1: maybe he's living up here.
0: Maybe. I mean if maybe. he's anywhere he's probably up by Superior. He's between Superior and Ashland somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> yep. That's maybe my, my maybe Sasquat,
1: maybe Sasquatch is just a guy who uh, you know, moves away from the cities and
0: turns into a Sasquatch. He's a hipster. Well, in that case, the UP is know. full of Sasquatches. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm a believer.
2: Yeah. Um, you got anything, Grant?
0: I don't other than to say uh thank you for yeah. you got anything else you want to
2: add, Toby? You got anything else? Um I'd
1: say uh if you if you want to catch big browns, yeah, do your homework. Uh I mean all the tools are out there for you to figure it out do your homework and put in the time and you know keep notes or keep mental notes or write it all down whatever and yeah just kind of figure it out cuz i mean that's part of the fun too finding the big fish and finding the spots that people don't hit and you know figuring it all out so yeah look for depth current and structure i mean those are important things for a big fish and they're out there there's there's tons of big fish down that way and up here and now's a good time to find them and don't be afraid to uh throw those big flies and don't be afraid to flow don't be afraid to throw those small flies either though
0: well i'm glad you're enjoying the uh the northern section of minnesota up there and um and again thanks for taking time out of your monday evening to sit down with us and have a couple of beers and talk about catching big big trout big fish
1: yeah yeah thanks for having me it was uh, it was fun
0: and uh for all of our listeners out there um thanks for tuning in and again you know share with your friends smash that yep. like button follow uh if you guys need stickers or anything just shoot us a message on instagram or facebook um we've got (laughs) hot dog stickers and ham stickers and logo stickers and beer is number one stickers beer is number one stickers hey can can i get some
1: can i can i get some stickers (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. we'll 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 get you some stickers Again, one of All those right. things where normally, if we could do a podcast in person, there would be chicken wings. We'll probably Mirror, stickers, reds, red M and M's because green are reserved for Eddie. Because red,
1: you know? Eddie ate the green ones. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So well, no, well, get us, send us your address. We'll hook you. Up.
0: Yep. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, thanks again, um, everybody. Tune in next Tobe. time. Tobes MN. Tobes thanks, MN. You, everybody.